Welcome to Season 2 of Trying Our Best, a mother-daughter good place podcast. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Ayla, and today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 4 of The Good Place. So this episode picks up with some of the actual lessons that Chidi is teaching to Eleanor and Michael. Jason and Sahani are off being fake tortured, although it turns out real tortured, but we'll get to that in a moment. So it's just Eleanor and Michael getting Chidi's lesson, and he starts just getting really frustrated because Michael is not a very good student. Well, for one, he's just not paying much attention, and um, part of that may be because he doesn't really care. There's no karma in his life because he lives forever. And this is what Chidi very quickly realizes about the situation of teaching an immortal being is that ethics, human ethics, are largely based on the fact that human beings know that their lives are going to end. And so he says that Michael doesn't have to face the same kinds of consequences that humans do because if he makes a mistake, then he can just wait a thousand years or 10,000 years or 30,000 years until the mistake fades away. But for humans... We just don't get that long. We have to make what we do fit into the lives that we're given. So, Chidi decides that the best solution is to teach him about death. So, he asks Michael what his death is, and he says retirement. And so, Chidi said, think about this for a second. And then that that makes Michael go into an existential crisis. And an existential crisis is where you just kind of feel like the weight of the world is too much to bear, right? Like knowing that life ends, that life starts to feel kind of meaningless. And so Michael is really just like, how do you all do this? How do humans walk around knowing that they're going to die all the time? How do they walk around living life knowing that it's going to end? And Eleanor's like, "You you just deal with it, man. Like we learn about death as a kid and we just suck it up. But we start to see some flashbacks that see that maybe Eleanor isn't that good at dealing with it either. So, um, Eleanor's mom is telling her that her dog died and not to be sad. And then when her dad died, she's telling Eleanor to not be sad. So we really see that Eleanor has been trained her whole life to shove her feelings of sadness down inside and ignore them. And in fact, that's the exact advice that she gives Michael. She's like, just shove it down, ignore it. And he does. And instead of having an existential crisis, he starts having a midlife crisis. He's partying, he gets drunk, he makes Janet dress up and change her hair color and follow him around and compliment him all the time. He gets a a slick red convertible and he's just living for the moment like there is no future. Instead of thinking about the future being his own death, he just pretends like there's nothing in the future. And that's Eleanor's like, well, this is better, right? And Chidi's like, no, this isn't better. At least when you're having an existential crisis, you're reflecting on your own responsibility. But Michael's just ignoring everything now. And so that makes Eleanor realize that maybe that's how she has been living her life. And then Eleanor remembers that this is a familiar feeling. So she was shopping and she saw a family pack of toothbrushes. And she gets all upset. She cries into a toilet plunger. And it's just, she's reflecting on how terrible her life was. 
She really recognizes that she's lonely and that all those feelings of sadness that she's been ignoring, they come bubbling up to the surface. So she pulls Michael aside and tells him that. She's like, look, I gave you bad advice. Don't just shove it down inside. You have to feel your feelings. You have to feel sadness. You have to live with it and deal with it and admit it. And so he does. And he tells he tells Eleanor that he genuinely appreciates her doing that for him, helping get him out of his funk, as he puts it. Meanwhile, Michael warns Tahani that you're going to throw a party for Gunnar's birthday, but the demons are going to throw a, a way better party. But then Tahani gets in her head that she can throw the best party, even if they think they can throw a better one. But then they do throw a better one. I mean, they're all powerful beings. There were actual unicorns there. So Tahani is tortured by this, even though she knew it was coming, even though she knew that it was a trick, she still was tricked by it. She was still able to convince herself that she actually could throw the best party when what she was competing against wasn't fair at all. And it takes Jason kind of coming to her and being like, you need to be kinder to yourself, right? Like you need to recognize that you are doing the best that you can and that you are amazing at so many things. And you don't always have to be the best in the world for it to be valuable. And And I think that that's something that Tahani hasn't really heard before. She's always been told that if she isn't on the very top, then nothing matters, that that's the only place to be. So, Ayla, what do you think? Do you have to be the best to be worthy? No, absolutely not. But I'm pretty sure we'll see some more of that in in future episodes. So stepping outside of the show for a moment, have you ever felt like that, where you feel like you have to rise to the very best of something in order for it to be worthwhile? Honestly, no. I feel like that you don't have to be the very best to be good. And I also believe that there is no such thing as perfect. I think that's really smart. And I th- one thing that's always really confused me is how competitive we can sometimes get when it comes to seeing somebody else be good at something where I just feel like we really need to recognize that nobody's good at everything and that we can all kind of just share our talents and skills. And uh, this comes up a lot like on social media, like Facebook or um, Instagram where somebody's sharing the things that they do well, right? Whether that's they bake really beautiful cakes or they are really fit because they work out a lot or they have really beautiful makeup or whatever it is that they do really well. When other people see that, instead of being happy for them, they feel bad about themselves. Well, I agree with you. And I think the reason that this happens is because, well... People try to be their best selves, but they they can still not be the best even if they're trying to be their best self. So there's a difference between being the best and being your best. And I think that sometimes we get those confused. And I know I'm guilty of that. Every once in a while, I'll see a friend post something that I wish I could do as well as they do, and I'll feel jealous. But I just need to remember that them being good at something doesn't 
take anything away from me. Um, it makes me think of this line from the song Done by Frazee Ford. I listen to it a lot. And there's a line that says, my joy takes nothing from you. And I think about that a lot. Like sometimes we pretend like we're playing this zero-sum game where if somebody else gets something, that means I lost something. But that's really not how it works. We can each find the things that we're good at and let people have them. It doesn't necessarily reflect on us in any way. And that's a lesson that Tahani's just going to have to learn and deal with. So let's jump back for a moment to the thing that Chidi said about Michael. He said that because Michael was immortal, he couldn't have an ethical framework the same way that humans do. Because humans know that their lives are finite. Their lives are going to end. They only get a certain amount of time to get things right. And without that... There aren't really consequences for your actions because you it just goes on forever. So you always have another chance. So you can make a million mistakes and it doesn't matter if you get it right now because you have an infinite amount of time to keep trying. So I think that the real important thing to take away from this is, is that consequences are essential to us learning and being willing to do better. What do you think about that? And it may be hard because nobody is and 100% sure that there is an afterlife. But it's, you should be nice and good to people anyway. What about if there is no afterlife? What about if there's nothing and all we get is this life? Do we still have a responsibility to behave because of the consequences that happen right here on the life that we do have? And this may be part of what we just discussed. It's kind of about reputation. Do you want your entire life to be people thinking that you're mean or bad. or And it might also be about respect. I mean, do you want, do you want people to ignore you or avoid you because you, cause you're mean to them? Or do you want them to be friends with you? Or um, you, they may even help you or do some really nice things for you. So it sounds like you're really thinking of like social consequences, that the actions that we take have impacts on other people and that we have to be responsible for those. If we've hurt somebody and they decide that they don't want to spend time with us anymore, even if we apologize, even if we change our actions, they might have decided that they don't want to be around us anymore and that we have to deal with those consequences. I think you're absolutely right. Those are some really serious consequences that definitely need to be something that we consider when we're making our ethical choices. The way that our choices are going to impact other people. And it also might be the satisfaction that you may have helped someone or that you did a good thing. And it's also about what makes you happy. And it can also be about what makes you sad. Speaking of sadness, that's really at the center of this entire episode. In fact, at one point, Chidi calls Michael a Jenga tower of sadness because his sadness is so carefully balanced inside of him that if anything goes wrong, it's all going to come pouring out just like a Jenga tower comes tumbling down. And so that really brings us to our question of the day, which is how should we deal with sadness? So pause the podcast. Think about it, talk about it, maybe even write about it, and then come back.
welcome back. So we're talking about how do we deal with sadness. Sadness, it's something that we all feel at least some of the time. And as Eleanor put it in this episode, just being human and knowing that we kind of have this death sentence literally hanging over us means that kind of part of the human condition is being a little bit sad all of the time. So what do you think, Ayla? How do we deal with sadness? Part of it is that you can't really hide sadness unless you want it to come out as an entire ocean or Jenga tower later. But I do think that um, you do have to move on. It's, it's part of life. You can't just be sad for all eternity. So it's about finding a balance between accepting when you're sad and dealing with it and also not just being sad all of the time. And those are kind of contradictory things, right? You're saying, hey, if you're sad, feel sad, but also don't always feel sad. And I think that that can be complicated, especially if you're in a situation where there's a lot to be sad about, right? If you're paying attention to things that are going on in the world and you're sad about people being mistreated or you're sad about people who don't have the resources they need or you're sad about something that's going on politically. If you're paying a lot of attention to what's going on, there can often be things to make you sad. So a few things you can do if you feel sad is just taking a moment alone and do something that makes you feel like like you're you. Don't 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 hide inside of you. Just just feel it. And hopefully this will make you feel better or it'll make you either realize what to do or it will help you move on. This episode actually reminded me a lot of the Disney movie Inside Out with the emotions inside of the little girl. I think her name's Riley. And most of the movie revolves around Joy, Riley's control center, the, the emotion that usually controls her, trying to keep sadness away from things. Because we kind of have this bias against sadness in our culture, right? We say, don't be sad. Just like Eleanor's mom said to her, don't be sad. Stuff those emotions down. Ignore them. Hide them until they go away. But what we learned from both this episode of The Good Place and Inside Out and probably just living our lives, is that sadness doesn't just go away. Like, squishing it down inside of us doesn't fix it. We do have to deal with it. And sadness is not a bad thing. There's a place for sadness. It's a, it's a normal human response to situations that deserve that response. Because if you hide sadness inside of you, then it'll be like a tiny ball of yarn inside of you. It'll just keep growing the more sadness you put in there. And then then when you drop it, then the whole thing will roll away in one big, big pile of yarn. And in this case, sadness. So in this episode, Eleanor and Chidi really awakened a kind of sadness in Michael that he's now going to have to deal with, but they're trying to give him the tools to deal with it well. So we can expect when we pick back up to explore that and also to explore the thing we saw at the very end of this episode, which is that it looks like Jason and Tahani have gotten a lot closer than they ever were before. In fact, they slept together at the end of this episode. So we'll have to see what that's going to do to their relationship. We hope you'll join us next week when we take a look at episode five. Episode five.